All right. Welcome, um, Anton, to Monetize Your Mental uh, Capital. Anton, tell us, who are you and where are you from? Yeah, first first off, thank you for having me. It's uh, my pleasure. My, my name is Anton. I'm running a Swedish Amazon agency uh, in Gothenburg, Sweden. I've been running it for about five, six years now. Previously sold on Amazon as well, since about eight years. So that's where it all started. And yeah, now we are helping mostly Swedish companies, but also a few international companies to succeed on Amazon internationally. Awesome. You took some of that knowledge of understanding how to do this eight years ago, and now you've turned that into a service that you're getting paid for. Is that what it is? That is that line up for you? That's exactly the way it went and, and uh, it was actually not really the idea from the start neither it was more of a you know we started to to write a bit about it in different facebook groups a few companies uh, reached out and wanted help and then and then it all started by itself all right so i love that we're gonna dig into that whole journey and understand some of the road bumps the road blocks the road bumps all the way across the board to kind of pick apart some of that process give some insight to some of these sellers that are listening around that journey of what what would it take if I wanted to diversify my revenue portfolio or shift away from being an Amazon seller and exit and go do something else? Like, what does that journey look like? So that, that's what the purpose of the podcast is. And we're going to dive in. So it, let's go into that entrepreneurial origin. If you've read Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth, he talks about how many people go through what he calls an entrepreneurial seizure. And this is that moment where as a technician, you recognize I am so good at this. I could do it all on my own. Most of us don't, you know, immediately enter the workforce and say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And immediately that's what you're doing. And so I'm, I'm curious, what did the origin look like for you? Where did you begin your journey entering the workforce before you jumped in and did the Amazon seller thing? And, you know, did you own that? Was it all on your own? Where did it start? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I never had a real job. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I'm, I'm only 26 and I started selling on Amazon eight years ago. So that was when I was 18. Uh, that's legal age when you can start the company in Sweden. <laughs> so before that, I couldn't really do anything. I had a few, I guess, like gigs being employed when I was younger. But, you know, when you're 14 asking for a job, that's almost an uh, entrepreneurial thing as well. You are asking for a like specific gig. You are setting the payment and everything. So, so I can't really remember having a Wait, <laughs> job. We gotta go back there. So, fourteen <laughs> years old, asking for a gig. What were you doing? I, I think almost anything which could pay me <laughs> a few bucks. I, I did the sports when I was young, and I had to pay for like going to the competitions, etc. A few of my peers had, yeah, maybe a better financial situation in the family. I had to figure out how I could pay for my competition and my my gear, etc. So you know, at the sports club, I, I I was cleaning like the toilets. I was cleaning the whole local sports house almost. I was mm -hmm. uh, baking even cookies to have in in like the cafe to for for the other peers to buy from me. <laughs> so I didn't really didn't really have any like set job. It was more you know finding a few gigs here and there, taking them. Uh, and and then trying to focus as much as time as possible on the sports as well. So I love that you, you had a, a desperate need where it was like, no, I need to, to get out there and do these sports. I need I need to get in and, and continue to be, compete and do all of that. And and that drove you to be like, okay. And they say like need is the mother of invention, right? So 
Like right. you, you invented a job going out, and did you just walk in and pitch the owner of the of the sports club or this, uh, you know, the the sports house to to go in and say, "Hey, I I am an expert toilet cleaner, so you should hire me <laughs> to take care of this problem you have." Is that, I mean, what did that look like? As much as I wished that I was that cool at that age, I wasn't. It was more of a like a friendly talk, saying, "Hey, I need you know money. Is there anything I can do here to?" to get paid. A few things was more on my baking things. That was like the first passive income, I think, because, you know, I baked something and then people bought it throughout the week and then I could bake again next Saturday and they bought it throughout the week. It didn't succeed though, because I saw that people started to just take the cookies without paying. <laughs> it was a good uh, try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I love that you went, I mean, and in that moment you were like, you know what? I need cash. I know people pay people for cash. I know business mm -hmm. owners pay people for cash. I wonder if there's any knowledge I have that would turn into a skill that could then turn into cash, right? There's your 14-year-old brain kind of trying to put this equation to the test. And, right. you know, hey, dude, I need money, which you're, you're right. Like, there's a de definitely a better way to pitch that, right? At 14 years old, I'm not surprised you weren't pitching at that level. But it gave you some idea of this idea of, okay, you know what? There is a way to get some cash here and look at that. Did you enjoy? I mean, in that moment, you're you are to some degree, technically working for someone else, but it doesn't sound like it was on the regular. Then you tried the cookies thing. People were taking the cookies without, that's crazy. Like, did you have a sign up and everything that like, you know, $2 or whatever cookies and people yeah, yeah. were just like, whatever and took it anyway? Yeah, a small sign saying the price. And I guess, you know, when, when the other 14 year old guys saw the cookies, they thought, hey, I don't have any money, but I want the cookie. So they just took the cookie. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, I think they're, thought process was quite simple, but it didn't pay me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So fast forward a little bit. What, how did you come to the idea that you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this e-commerce thing. Like mm -hmm. I'm turning 18 here and, and that was eight years ago. So right. good timing, by the way, eight <laughs> years ago, you know, wild, wild west, as far as Amazon was concerned, still to some degree or another, what made you believe and decide, you know what? cookies didn't work i'm going to e-commerce like dude mm -hmm. that's kind of a, a, an interesting jump what what happened there yeah I, I mean i guess it took a few turns between there but in the end it, it was pretty much that i was traveling a lot and i had to make some money some extra money and uh, i figured hey I, I need to make it online because i can't be at home making money all the time i can't be at a specific office or anything so i have to make it at home or online pretty much from wherever I am. And I, I guess I don't really recall exactly how I ended up there. I think it was a lot of Googling. E-commerce was looking quite cool, but I didn't have any capital to buy inventory. So I, I found Amazon, of course. Amazon is, even though at that time, Amazon didn't exist in Sweden, but it was clear that Amazon was the biggest e-commerce store out there. And I thought, hey, how can I, I started to learn about how to optimize things, how to get traffic. How can I use this information to make a few bucks at least without having to first invest in a lot of inventory? So, so at that time I realized, Hey, let, let's sell ebooks, right? Because you, you create it once and then you sell it over and over and over. And those ebooks, they sell until this day. And so I get a few bucks every, every month into my account. And so that was the first like step into e-commerce for me to create those ebooks. Anton, this is beautiful, and we're going to spend some time dissecting this a little bit, but mm -hmm. I, I got to ask, you said there were some other twists and turns, and you ended up traveling a lot. 
Um, it just short. So that was the traveling. I, I traveled a lot for sports. But I did have an internship at a big tech firm, a quite well-known uh, tech firm. So that was one thing I tested. I didn't really like it. Uh, a lot of politics. I liked, you know, the team and I liked actually the work, but I didn't like the politics in the company. So, How big so were that they? was something. It's like large. Like, it's like 50,000 50,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. I've found that like more than 10 equals politics. Even (laughs) the small, small teams have some, but generally speaking, if everybody's talking to the guy who signs the paychecks, there's not a lot of politicking going on because there's no middle management uh, to go in it, but you get, you get more than 10 and all of a sudden you've got, so, you know, and I, and I found it's a multiplier too. The larger the company, the bigger the politics. So 50,000 equals lots of politics in my opinion. (laughs) And what sport was it just out of curiosity? Fencing, dude, and like we need to do some sort of like epic, like picture of you out there fencing, <laughs> and and you're fencing off, you know, the other uh, individuals, you know, getting maybe it's you versus like the world. You've got this Amazon emblem on your <laughs> chest, and you're like attacking the world. I love it. Okay, so fencing, you're traveling. Do you still fence? No, I actually stopped uh, after my first year at the university. I didn't okay. find time for it. And at that time, I realized, hey, I won't be, be, be able to make any money from this. So it will be, uh, you know, an uphill from now until ever. And yeah. So I, I just decided yeah. to, to pull it to and, and stop. Yeah. To pivot. Well, it sounds like something that would be an entertaining hobby down the road when <laughs> it's not as easy to keep the weight off. You know, I'm 37, so I'm, I'm about 11 years ahead of right. you. So <laughs> voice from the future, you may want to pick that up as a hobby. Um, in the future, and it'll be one of those things that can help keep you fit. So I love that you were studying, you were looking for something where you could make money while you were traveling. You researched mm-hmm. around and you're like, Damn, Amazon is an amazing thing, but you ran into a major roadblock. It's not even here. In my country, they don't yet have it. Hmm, what can I do? Continued to research. And I love like, it, it all goes back to that felt need. Like, I had a felt need for an income stream and I was going to try and take that apart and figure out where to go. I love what you did in picking apart that problem and being like, wait, what is something I can sell that I don't actually have to ship? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what is something I could sell? And, and not only that, but you were like, what is something I can sell? I don't actually have to ship and maybe I can be the one that makes it. And, and, and you, you continued to push until you found this concept of eBooks and ebooks, in my opinion, are one of the easiest. Well, we're gonna actually dig into this a little bit more because I've never written an ebook. <laughs> this is my my supposition, so we're we're gonna pick this apart a little bit. In my in my opinion, in terms of monetizing knowledge, like this is the epitome of monetizing knowledge, right? Monetizing mental capital. And the cool part about this is you probably did. I, I'm curious, what is your ebook on? Yeah, that's that's also a long story. <laughs> Even today, my English is not close to perfect, and at that time, it was worse. <laughs> so, so I tried to, you know, I was doing fencing and I was learning a lot about fitness and everything, how to eat to maximize your uh, capacity while while doing sports. So I ended up like writing this shitty recipe, fitness recipe ebook, just to try it out. You know, I I didn't think it was like a good book or anything. I just wanted to try it out. Will anyone find it? Will anyone buy it? Uh, and what, what what will happen when they buy it? So it turned out people found it, and uh, for sure. 
I did run a few like campaigns, I guess. I didn't pay for anything because I didn't have any money, but I offered the ebook for free. And you know, you can get it to start some and get some traffic from Amazon, and then you increase the price, and you saw did will anyone buy it now when I increase the price? And it turned out they they, they would. So I made my few bucks there, and that was like a huge thing for me to actually make some money from something I just put out on the internet. They don't know me, they don't know who I am, what I know, but they still bought the ebook. The, the downside was, I guess, that when the reviews came in. <laughs> I realized that my my English wasn't too good. <laughs> at this time, you know, you have Grammarly, you have ChatGPT. It would be so easy to fix. But at that time, even like, okay, I went through, I put it in Word, I guess, and I saw word, word marked the misspellings, but like building the sentences and everything. Yeah, it, yeah. There were no tools for that. So so I ended up just with a shitty ebook that made me maybe twenty five bucks and then so, uh, stopped selling. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I mean, it was enough, though, to spark the idea into figuring out, okay, that worked to some degree or another. I was yeah. able to get some people, like, I had some knowledge, and the knowledge I have is fitness, right? So you looked and said, okay, what do I know about that other people might be interested in? What do I know about that has demand? Any other questions that you asked yourself as you were trying to decide which piece of your knowledge to monetize at that time? Yeah, I mean, at that time, I was quite self-aware. I mean, I was at that at the time, I was I wasn't very, you know, experienced in anything really. Mm -hmm. It was sports. It was it was a few school studies. I was good at, for example, math and physics, etc. In school, but it wasn't anything I could write a book about. That's on another level. Um, but I realized, you know, what am I doing every day in school? I'm trying to find knowledge to answer questions I get from my teachers, right? So instead of the teachers, I try to find what questions are people asking on Amazon. And, you know, my my objective was then to answer those questions, not through the knowledge I had today, but I have the knowledge on how to find the knowledge. Right. So that was that was kind of the, the thing I, I jumped into. I, I tried to find these search terms that were clear questions like how do I lose weight? How do I become uh, good at self self-discipline and i tried to research those subjects and i found you know these great ted talks maybe even great uh, blog posts because there are a lot of junk out there but i can at least you know see what's good and what's not and then i ended up because i couldn't write it myself i experienced what happened i hired someone to write the ebook so i pointed i gave them the subject i pointed them into the different sources of information they should use and they wrote an ebook and that was how I ended up then. I mean, it, it became quite successful, especially for that age. It was quite remarkable because I, when I started that, I had exactly, I remember this, in Swedish crowns, I had exactly 500 crowns, and that's approximately $50. So that was what I had ah. to work with. So I made this deal, you know, with the writer to say, hey, you will get 50% of the total sales if you write this ebook, and I will market it. And it went went great. I think I sold the first, I had a few few ebooks that I launched at the same time, but the first one that actually took off was like thousand dollars the first month, and that was like okay, cool. <laughs> More a thousand US or a thousand crowns? Yeah, yeah, no US. A thousand US. US. So okay, so I love this, it, it, and we're gonna pick this apart because what you did is exactly what we want Amazon sellers to understand how they can do. Because monetizing your mental knowledge is about understanding 
what do I have that other people could want to buy and look at that isn't physical, right? What's intangible that could go out there? So you you did the fitness thing, you sold a couple of things, and the reviews came back, and it basically killed the product because you were like, this is just obviously not a good enough thing. Obviously, there's demand here. Like people would want to buy a an right. ebook, and then you're like, you know, okay, well, my lack here is English, so I'm gonna find somebody else. Did you pay them? Like, did the fifty dollars, the the crowns that you had in your account, did you pay them some sort of deposit? Like, here, I'll give you fifty bucks, <laughs> and you get fifty percent, or did you just find somebody who was like, yeah, I'll do fifty percent? No, I mean, uh, you have to be creative when you only have fifty bucks in your account. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think I tried to pitch the fifty percent split for quite a few writers, and I did it through. And there are these uh, freelancing websites. I I think the ones I use, they don't exist anymore, but they have all been bought up by Upwork. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. if you were to do it today, it would be through Upwork, I guess. And on Upwork, you know, there are a lot of people in the same situation as yourself. They want to make money, they haven't started yet. And if they don't have any good review on, on Upwork, they won't get any clients. So they are happy to, you know, do a super small gig for you for free if you leave a review. And that was kind of the exchange. They they would write me and they wrote me like super short books. So that was also part of the tactic. When you are when you are short on on money, you you have to be creative. So I, I wrote very short ebooks and the ones that actually took off, I immediately sent them to the writer and I paid them full price to make them, you know, hundred pages or whatever. Uh, Wait a minute. Okay, hold on, hold on. So you this is literally something from nothing. I, I love this. Okay, yeah. so so <laughs> You 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 went out and you you found a, a freelancing website and and Upwork's a little tricky this way because if you start soliciting their people and trying to get them to come off of Upwork or do a deal with you that's mm -hmm. outside of it, Upwork gets all sorts of grumpy and so right. you're you're in the wild wild west where you probably could have made some of those connections mm -hmm. a little easier. So you may want to find something that's a little less established than Upwork because they're gr they're grumpy about that now. But, and you, you know, you want to find, honestly, if I were to do it now, I'd do it on LinkedIn because it, it is so easy, so prevalent. There are so many people out there saying, you know, that's one of the first places people go when they establish themselves in any way, shape or form is on LinkedIn. So I'd probably just go start networking on LinkedIn mm -hmm. to try to find those writers that you were talking about. But, but as you dug in there, you found individuals who desperately needed their first gig and you said, here's the deal. I will give you an awesome review. If you write for me a very short ebook, here's the sources. I've already done the hunting on what I want my ebook to be about. How did you find the topics? What what made you decide I'm gonna I'm gonna write an ebook on this? <laughs> Nowadays there are so many tools you can use. And even at that time I realized after each ebook, I realized, hey, there's even a better way to do it. But the first ebook I just wrote in how to, and then you know, Amazon will give you a sentence, what people are searching for. You know, how to to whatever, how to lose weight, how to get rid of this. So it was basically, I just took those and I searched for those sentences in Amazon. And if I found a search result where there were no book with that exact title, then I thought, hey, that's all good. <laughs> then that keyword would be my new ebook. If there were a few competitors, I knew it would be harder for me to be the number one ranked. But at that time, as you said, it was the Wild West on Amazon. If you had the exact title, that someone searched for, you would be number one. So it was so easy <laughs> to, to be the number one ranked at that time. But I just want to add, 
it's very much still possible today because a few of those ebooks are still, you know, maybe not number one, but still number three. The interesting thing about this is I, I think I'm going to go play with this a little bit because I have knowledge <laughs> that a lot of people don't in the automation space and like like pretty niche stuff. But if there's any traffic on Amazon, this is an ebook that I, it could immediately start selling tomorrow, right? Like there, and I know writers who would totally take me up on this gig. So you may have just right. helped me monetize some of my <laughs> mental capital. The other funny thing is what you did by typing in how to and then just going with whatever the suggested results were. You may or may not know this, but a lot of keyword suggestion tools that are out that are that are gathering and trying to extrapolate the traffic on Amazon. That's how they do it. Like mm. they have an algorithm where they have a bot that types in those, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and, and you know, A, 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 B, A, C. And they just figure out what those keywords, what that suggestion ranking is like. That is so fascinating that you stumbled across. You're like, wait a minute, this search suggest thing must have some algorithm behind it that's <laughs> telling people like, like they wouldn't just put any words up there. They're trying to get you to search. And so this is right. suggesting there's traffic here. That is so cool. Okay, so you found some exact titles. You got some of those up there. You found a way to get free eBooks out of freelancers who needed reviews. You immediately turned around and you know anything, any capital you had, what was the first amount of real capital dollars that you made that you reinvested into writing like a, a hundred page eBook? I think the first three months I reinvested everything. Uh, so I went from like having 50 bucks to having zero bucks, but I had 20 ebooks live on Amazon. How much did you bring in the first month? I don't uh, it was It wasn't much first month. It was a very f slow first month. It, it grew rapidly after that, and probably like 100 bucks maybe first month. And so you took that 100 bucks and you said, all right, I'm going to go find a guy who's going to write me a 100-page ebook. How many 100-page ebooks did you get at the time out of that 100 bucks? Probably only one or two at that time. Uh, because mm. when I when I found something to work, I wanted to invest in it. So it actually kept selling over time. It was more more the first test that was very minimal. And then I tried to, to actually invest. But I never, when you come from low resources, you're scarce, right? So I never invested more than I earned on a book. So if, if I made 50 bucks from a book, I would never invest 70 bucks on that book. I will only invest those 50 bucks. There are some venture capitalist firms that could really use that piece of advice. Like, hey, might be a good idea to only invest in the flywheels that actually stay in the black the whole time that they exist. Because, I mean, how much it is amazing how much capital out there is not ever realized it never like you know millions of dollars into this thing and it never really takes off in any way shape or form to make any of that money back and just flop that is okay so beautiful so you ask yourself okay where's the demand the way you found the demand was the how-to method on amazon and i would say that that search search suggest thing it'd be interesting to go play that game on google and, and do search suggest looking, and then go look at Google Trends, because Google Trends has some really cool stuff around keywords. So if you're trying to identify an ebook to write, you know, very interesting way to identify. And I, and I think one of the things that's cool about this is the, the sellers that are listening to this, it, these guys have niche knowledge about all sorts of crap. Like the guy that I spent a lot of time working with him, his name's Rolando Rosas, he owns Global Tech. If you are looking for a headset, Jabra, any office communication device. 
He hasn't mm-hmm. gotten into the podcasting, like like those sorts of microphones. But anything that's communication that wise, the dude knows. Like, not only does he know, but he's tested basically every. They, they, he's to the point now where they send him the new ones for him to test out, and then he sends them back. He's basically become an influencer in that space to some degree or another. But you think about it, and it's not that sexy of a space. Like, there aren't that oh. many people out there like, oh, I'm going to test every office headset that ever existed. But he's decided this is my niche and this is what I'm good at. And he's just pushed into that. He could totally write an ebook on how to choose yep. an office headset. And if he, if he takes this body of knowledge he has in his head and goes through and starts searching through Google Trends, it's probably a two or three hour exercise for him to identify some topic that he knows enough about. Then he can jump on and you know riff with ChatGPT4, by the way, ChatGPT4, you can turn it into an interviewee. You can turn it into the writer. So he could literally jump on ChatGPT4, click the little icon up in the top or bottom right-hand corner that comes up with a little headset and have a conversation and be like, pretend you're a writer I just hired on Upwork and you're interviewing me about writing an ebook and and ask me tons of questions about this subject. And it just starts asking questions. And it's like, okay, now write me an outline for this book. And then you're like, cool. Now write me an outline for the first chapter that you just suggested. Okay, now now that you've got that, write the first chapter. Like you could have the ebook written by ChatGPT4 to begin with, then go take that to someone on Upwork, and for a fraction of the price, they're gonna make it. Like this is so much closer to wow, this could be done on the regular. Like if you're an Amazon seller and you're listening to this and you're not writing an ebook, I'm gonna write an ebook on how to write ebooks and sell it to you. I think the opportunity there, what we just mentioned, is huge to have. If you have products on Amazon, you know your customers are on Amazon. So if they find your ebook, you don't even have to sell it. You can give it away for free to, to spread as much as possible. And then from the ebook, you can link to your products. You can have them joining an email list for a free another free ebook build on the next level because it's in reality, even though we now have talked about the the income from the books. In reality, the big income is on the back end. It's always on the back end. It's never the front end income that you that you make okay. the big bucks from. I, I love that. So so if you're asking yourself, where or what do I monetize in my mental capital? This might almost be a journey. And again, AI, I think is fantastic. Obviously, there was a ton of drama. This episode is being recorded on November 30th, <laughs> yeah. 2023. And it was literally drama week last week over there. We watched from the sidelines, which I actually think is fascinating. We were talking to another business owner yesterday, and they were saying, I think that a lot of companies have this level of drama. You just don't hear about it play by play while it's happening. And they're not a company that is, you know, up to 100 million users and people like they're not as in the spotlight. And so the fact that we have Twitter and the fact, well, I guess it's called X now, the fact that we have these things that make it so that can be instantaneously front and center. And, you know, the algorithm really is what put that front and center spotlight, because if enough people find it interesting, the algorithm's going to put it in front of more people and more people and more people. And that's the definition of viral, right? So their, their yep. comment yesterday was, hey, there was drama there, but I think that's drama in lots of companies. Do you agree? It must be. It's just like it's one of the, if not the the most or fastest growing product ever, right? So yeah. I mean, of course, yep. it will be a bigger thing. And also with the whole the AI thing, with people actually being scared for their life 
for AI. And then you have like the, the most powerful then CEO in the space being just exchanged over the day and then being brought back after a week. It's yeah. crazy. I, I mean, totally insane levels of, of crazy. But anyway, that was his comment. Like, I think this level of drama is happening everywhere. They just happen to be in the spotlight. And there are mechanisms where the, the lowest man on the totem pole at the company can literally write a short tweet and everybody knows about it because it is so relevant to the world. And so the, the news feed is like, wow, was there a spotlight there? And everybody in business that I'm aware of that has anything to do with AI was talking about it. Like my dad's not, he's he's not in this business world really he's retired to some degree now and so he's he's looking at stuff but like not really in the world he could tell me every line of what was going on because <laughs> it's just so front and center in the spotlight but coming back around chat gpt4 is at a place where if it, if this were me my first step and mm -hmm. i'm honestly I'm, when i'm washing the dishes later this is probably what i'm going to be doing <laughs> i'm going to be turning on my airpods and, and by the way i this is you know product endorsement. I don't, I don't actually uh, get anything out of this, but I actually use AirPods now while I'm driving and while I'm washing dishes and while I'm doing anything that's not with my hands. Um, like if I'm not typing, I've got these in. And when I'm driving from one place to another or I'm washing dishes, I'm having a conversation with the AI because I figure, you know, mm -hmm. if I knew someone who had read the entire internet and this person was not only capable of summarizing, but also researching, why wouldn't I use every moment of my spare time to just have a discussion with him or her about a topic that I wanted to understand? And better yet, they also are willing to write things for me. And I was like, wait a minute, I should just be doing this whenever I'm driving or whatever. So my, my discussion is going to be this. I'm going to say, you are an expert at writing ebooks. You have 10 successful ebooks on Amazon. You know exactly what it takes to push all of that out there and exactly how to help me find the right topic to talk about, I'd like you to interview me now to find the body of knowledge that's inside my head and with that body of knowledge, figure out what my topic should be. And, and so just mm -hmm. ask me tons of questions and let's create the equivalent of a word cloud or a flowchart or a mind map that helps describe all of what I got up in here. So at the end, you need to give me an output that gives me a good idea with some scoring about the body of knowledge. So just ask me questions about my life. And then I'd probably spend an hour and a half talking to the AI. And at the end, I would be like, cool, what's my output look like? I'd like, okay, there's all of that stuff. There's the stuff they think's valuable. Now it's took right. time to go play some some Google Trends and see what my ebook's gonna be. That's where I'm going next because you've blown my mind. Okay, so you did this. And, you know, step by step, you climbed the ladder. What, which was the first ebook that exploded that was like, whoa, that one actually worked really well? Most, yeah, and most of the ebooks, they have been removed from Amazon because they couldn't, didn't really find the time to update them over time. And they didn't follow the formatting standards that Amazon changed over time. So I, I don't have them in, in, but it was, yeah, some, probably something about like how to build great self-discipline or something. You know, a problem a lot of people have, and they would be happy to pay three dollars to solve and and that was like the whole tactic with ebooks to not focus on i wouldn't write fun book or like a crime book or anything it had to be a problem someone had that i could easily solve even though the book even had only had 100 pages or 30 pages i mean in reality how much information do you need to solve it it's not about like the length of the book but 
you were arbitraging like you were literally doing the equivalent of retail arbitrage in the knowledge world you were going out and finding <laughs> like like you were, no like that's exactly what you were doing you were going out and finding very valuable free knowledge in ted talks and otherwise identifying that free knowledge matching it with a need so like just like a retail arbitrage person would go onto walmart.com and be like yep. Oh, that's a pretty popular product. They seem to be sold out all the time. I'm buying 50 of those and putting them up on Amazon. I mean, how, we love those guys, right? Like, we can never get that sweet product on Walmart because it's always on Amazon for twice the price. It's funny that that thing doesn't exist at all here in Sweden. I, I, like, I heard about it only from YouTube and everything, but I've never seen anyone do anything like that in Sweden. <laughs> well, stand by. That's going to be a billion-dollar market someday because it, yeah. there are still people here doing retail arbitrage and there's an interesting gap that happens in the world. Like I, I know guys mm. who that's their entire income and they make millions just doing yeah. retail arbitrage. They, I mean, they've systemized it. They've created those systems. Oh, but, but you essentially went in, you saw demand, you identified this knowledge that was out there, you gathered it up, bundled it. There's another strategy that it, these Amazon sellers should be very familiar with the concept of bundling. I'm going to take my AirPods and I'm going to put a cleaning cloth with it and then mm. it's got my brand on it, right? Like that's how they get their branded listing is because they put that cleaning cloth. So you bundled all that information together in a way that nobody else had. And then you threw that on Amazon and, and you literally were just solving some basic problems. Okay, love that. What are the biggest roadblocks that you had in this journey of monetizing knowledge when i when i hear the question i can't really think back in time and understand or re remember exactly the, the i mean from what you heard before it was probably money <laughs> to be honest but if i think of myself today more as like an actual business owner someone someone who works full days how would i do anything like this it's always and it will always be and it should be time you know, what should you prioritize and how should you make it efficient enough to, to actually be worth the time? For example, today, I would probably never, I mean, from my actions, I can say I would never write an ebook today in the same system because I had, I had to find some other system to make it worth my time. If I'm running an Amazon agency, if I would do the same thing today, I would write an ebook about selling on Amazon or how to optimize like something specific, how to optimize the images to to, to uh, maximize the conversion rate or whatever. And we'll be I'll looking for that ebook later. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it away for free. And then yeah, <laughs> I know you will, but but the sellers that are listening, they're gonna be like, okay, Anton, free ebook, <laughs> how to optimize my images. Okay, I'm hiring that right. guy. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, because that's the game to to then build it's not about making two bucks on the front end it's about building uh, some type of relationship with the readers who will then you know hopefully come to me when they have a problem and then i can charge them and i can help them and they will get the ebook for free and then they will get the help to actually uh, make their uh, sales increasing and that's the long game you know when you're 18 you shouldn't do it because then you don't have an agency <laughs> but but when you have something that you can connect to some knowledge you should probably build on that you should you know, dig where you stand, not look for the next hot thing to do. I love that. So we went from cookies and <laughs> from cookies, we went to eBooks. And then from eBooks, we went to starting an agency that, you know, you had enough understanding of how to do this, you know, Amazon listings thing from that knowledge that you upscaled to now I'm going to help other brands mm. 
build their brands on Amazon and I'm going to get paid to do it. And I'm going to turn that into a career. Is that essentially the journey? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess a, a side step was that after the ebooks, I reinvested the money into actual physical products. So I was selling the physical price on Amazon first before I started to help someone doing the same thing. And because I think there are a lot of common things, but there are also differences between ebooks and physical products. Mm. Yes, like uh, private photos, you don't have to have a lot of private photos on an ebook, you have the cover, that's it. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's take some pictures of those random pages. And yeah, that's probably not exciting. So I <laughs> Uh, heard and understood. So you transferred that knowledge into selling, you know, here's my money that I've made off these eBooks and I'm going to do physical products. And you were very, you know, what, what, how big did that business get uh, the physical products business for you? It didn't come, I think it, it, for a time at that time, I was still 18. It went very fast. It was like eBooks in four months and then e-commerce with actual physical products, which was crazy to have you know, someone in China creating products, sending it to US. I never been in China. I never been in US <laughs> <laughs> and people in US buying those products. And I didn't have at that, that time, I didn't even have like a separate bank account or anything for the company. It was all on my personal bank account. There was, <laughs> my parents were, yeah, they were a bit worried. <laughs> no, it was, it wasn't too big actually. I think definitely bigger than the eBooks because the sales went up quite a lot. But when you looked at the profit, it was quite small, I think. And that was the main issue I had. Uh, you know, I didn't, I had learned the whole process of finding, you know, different niches, etc. But I hadn't learned anything about developing physical products. That was mm -hmm. my short. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't figure it out how to do it. And at the same time, even though I had some success with ebooks, I wasn't sitting on hundreds and thousands of dollars. It wasn't that I could create my, my own type of product it would have to be like a separate color of an already existing product or, or so i love that you went into this world of okay i'm going to sell on amazon your parents did they think you were doing something illegal what like like i mean this money's flowing into your account and they're like what is he how i don't under <laughs> I, I think they were worried but also i mean i'm the, the older brother in my family they they expect me to to fix things so they didn't worry too much they were they were quite happy though because my, my both my parents were psychologists and they were very happy when I ranked uh, number one in uh, the category I forgot the name of the category name but it was I was number one and uh, Sigmund Freud was number two <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that made them very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Anton beat out Sigmund Freud. That you should start. Man, that, that would be an interesting, like if you're trying to get some lead in to like draw, that, that's, that feels like a landing page for your Amazon yeah. business. Like hire the Amazon seller who beat out Sigmund Freud in the, <laughs> in the psychology category. I am that good at figuring out how to make your listings rank. That feels like a really solid lead in to your <laughs> landing page right there. Okay. Yeah, probably would. So if you could make a phone call back to the guy who's making cookies and maybe when he was mm -hmm. making cookies, that's too young. But if you could make a phone call back to that, that, that very early 18 year old kid who was like trying to figure this out and trying to figure out which product to, to monetize, where to go about this journey, what would you call and tell him to help him skip and go faster? Like what, what would you call him and say, Hey, Anton, this is Anton from the future. It's a, it, it is Anton eight years from now. You can skip the next two years if you just 
X, Y, or Z. Like you can be me, but do it in six years instead of eight. If you look at this, what are some of the hacks or tips or tricks you would give him? I would probably only give one tip and that would be to, you know, focus on one thing, one thing at a time. Uh, And that's like, I have it here written on my my desktop uh, desk as well. You know, you have to focus on one thing at a time because of course you can succeed with a lot of things. And even though you might succeed with multiple things at the same time, I think it's so much more powerful to put full focus on one thing, succeed and build from there. Uh, and that's like, I, I'm I'm saying that because that's how I'm trying to do it today, right? If I work today, it's not that I'm writing like five different eBooks, I'm writing six blog posts, one YouTube video. No, I focus on one thing. And when I finish that, I try to, you know, make something out of it. If, for example, if I'm creating a SOP for my team, I'm not writing a blog post about the same thing at the same time. No, I'm finishing the SOP. And then I'm probably letting ChatGPT, but transforming that into a blog post. And then I'm transforming it into a video instead of like doing everything at once. And that's like a small example, but that also applies to bigger things. So if I was focused on the eBooks, I would do only the eBooks. I didn't tell you, but I think this is quite common for entrepreneurs. At the same time I did the eBooks, I also did YouTube videos. I did uh, uh, SEO. I had a blog about SEO. <laughs> you know, I did all these uh, things. And what really made me focus on one thing was that early success on the eBooks. On the thing. moment you saw that early success, you wish that you had dumped yep. the YouTube videos, dumped the, the SEO, dumped the other pieces. So immediately when you begin to see that success, focus on it until it fails again or until you, you shift around, because you spread yourself more thin, the acceleration wasn't as fast as what you're telling me. And maybe even before that, dump, like start with one thing. Don't do 10 things at the same time. Start with one thing, figure out will it work or not. Okay, if not, throw it away. Next thing, you know, instead of having all these things, it's not that you should put one year into something before you see any success. You know, instead of doing five things in a month, do one thing in a month. Because the chance of that actually working is so much bigger. And I think there is like even a, I, I don't know if it's a thing to it, but I think, I think the idea of it is still true that success equals focus plus time times leverage, you know? And it, I, I can put in as much time as I want. And I, at that time, I didn't have any leverage. <laughs> so I have to have like time and focus. You can't, you can't make focus a zero because then you only have time. And everyone have time. Is that know? formula uh, something you read out of a book or did you just come up with that? No, no, I, I heard about it. <laughs> I don't know which Fo- book Focus, or, or I'm going to Google that. Focus <laughs> plus time times leverage. I like that. Focus plus time times leverage. So take that one to heart. Okay, so you're, you're now going to have 60 seconds here. Mm-hmm. You've stepped into an elevator, a retailer from Sweden who's not on Amazon steps into the elevator with you and says, yeah, I'm a retailer, we do, you know, X, Y, Z, you got 60 seconds to, to be like, hey, you really need to talk to me. I'm Anton from Cellwave. This is why we're awesome. So you got 60 seconds to tell this individual why that. Right after that, I want any tips, tricks, hacks, or books that you have read that have changed the game for you in the last eight years. So go with that. I'm timing you. So we're going to, we're <laughs> going to, you got 60 seconds. Go for it. At uh, Cellware, we help e-commerce companies boost their sales and profits on Amazon with our proven optimization process and management. The challenge is real. Amazon is growing rapidly. Build out the right strategy. You risk missing out on significant market opportunity. 
What we do at Cellware is, is actually quite simple. We dive deep into market analysis. We set up everything in your Amazon presence correctly from the start and continually optimize to ensure the, the best returns on your investments. Quick example, last year we had this one client coming in, their total revenue in the company was $200,000, not only Amazon, in total. After 18 months, we now have $200,000 in revenue only on Amazon. Uh, so that really proves what a great strategy and excellent administration can do for you. Beautiful. So if you're thinking you need that help, you know, please, please reach out. Wow. That was literally 60 seconds. I feel like you have practiced that literally down to the 60 second mark. Tips, tricks, hacks, or books that have changed the game for you over the last eight years. Yeah, I think I will come with mainly two books here because I think they are so great and there are so many tips in those. So if you have the time, you know, please read them. And uh, the first one is Rework by the Basecamp founders. <clears throat> it's probably one of the best books I've ever read on, on business. And it's very easy to read as well. They've divided the book into different chapters. So it's amazing, actually. And each chapter about like one main tip they have for you as very successful business founders. The other it. book I would I would tip anything anyone who is interested in in business is This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. Uh, also, like a, a mind blowing book I think, and comes from so much experience and business knowledge. So yeah, it blew me away when I read that book as well. I love it. Well, uh, we appreciate your time here today. How can our individuals get in touch with you, assuming they're interested in, in reaching out? either anybody in Sweden and or otherwise that wants to get in touch, what's the best way to get in touch? I think the best way to get in touch is just to email me at anton at cellwave.com. Anton at cellwave.com. I read all my emails myself and, you know, answer anything that, that has any value or question in it. So please just reach out and I'm happy to talk with whoever wants just a tip or if you're actually looking into maximizing your sales and profits on Amazon. Beautiful. Well, you heard it from Anton. Reach out if you've got a question. Anton at sellwave.com. Anton, thank you so much for being here today. Our episode ran a little longer uh, than our normal episodes, but I'll be honest, I think there are some nuggets in there around ebooks and those different pieces. I thought it was beautiful. So appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Cool. That's it for monetizing your mental capital for today.